This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Praxis Mutual Funds. They are a leading faith-based family of mutual funds helping people integrate their finances with their values since 1994. With Praxis, your investments can make a difference for you and the world around you. Learn more at PraxisMutualFunds.com. It's been said that investing in bonds is a negative art of exclusion rather than of search and acceptance. But is that really true? Hi, I'm Rob West. Many investors look at bonds as a passive way to store money they'd rather not risk. But bonds are actually the means for getting things done. I'll talk with Benjamin Bailey today about impact bonds. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always a pleasure to have Benjamin Bailey with us. He's Vice President of Investments and Senior Fixed Income Manager at Praxis Mutual Funds and underwriter of this program. Great to have you back with us. It's great to be with you again. We're going to talk about impact bonds, bonds that actually help to build God's kingdom. And I'm really excited about our conversation today. But before we dive in, I'd love to get your take on what's been happening in the markets these past several weeks, and particularly with the banking system. Yeah, sure. So, you know, with all major issues like this, there's certainly multiple factors that can lead to some of these problems. Uh, You know, the cryptocurrency space and some of the falling prices over the last year was really a major factor in two of those bank issues. And then you had Silicon Valley Bank and its crisis of confidence with its uninsured deposit holders. Uh, And there were a lot of those. And these situations just seem to move pretty quick. But another big factor that we had for last year, especially, was that interest rates moved up so quickly, whether you think short-term or long-term, and adjustments just need to be made. But I think two really important things to remember is, first, these banks are really outliers among the mass of other banks because most banks are really managing their risks well. Uh, and in a much more prudent manner. And second, that the government really stepped in and played that role that we need them to play. They calmed things down and made sure all the depositors in those banks had access to their money. Yeah, you've certainly had a front row seat to all of this as a bond manager. And it seems like Silicon Valley Bank was just really the perfect storm, given that they had a high concentration and a high growth sector of the economy with lots of need for cash on top of the fact that they really mismanaged their portfolio. Is that right? Yeah, there was some definite mismanagement that did occur. Interesting. All right. Well, that's helpful. Markets, of course, go up and down, and that's to be expected. But uh, Benjamin, in your view, why was 2022 such a difficult year for investors? Well, when you think about that, most investors, they are going to have a mix of stocks and bonds in their portfolio. And so last year was really difficult for those folks. You know, if you think about a 60-40 portfolio and viewed with after inflation returns, it had its most difficult 12-month period since September of 1974. And if you go before that, it was June of 1932. And that was even a worse year. But I really doubt most of your listeners were investing in the market at that point. Sure. But there really was just no place to hide. Right. So normally you have bond returns that are positive when stock returns are negative. And that makes sense because people are fearful of the future. They're going to want to rush into something that's viewed as safe. But in 2022, 
interest rates there were starting off low, and then they moved higher really quickly. And so stocks actually moved lower in 2022 because the stock valuations were based off of those kind of 0% interest rates. So again, adjustments needed to be made. Yeah. Um, we have just about a minute left before our first break. Uh, any thoughts for folks thinking about adjustments moving forward in 2023? Well, when you think about the adjustments that needed to occur, I, I do think it's important to look back in 2022. And so if you use this analogy of a roller coaster and you think about the ups and downs that occur, and certainly if you can't see the next move, it can be disorienting. Now, I think also clients generally work with um, you know advisors and fill out this client risk questionnaire and they say, sure. you know, what would you do if markets were down? And most times people are like, oh, if they're down, they're cheap. It's like buying something at Kohl's on sale, right? But, right. but when you're in that moment, you really are thinking, okay, I'm just going to sell a little bit, wait until things settle down, and then I'm going to get back into the market. That, that's just the feeling that occurs. I know it is because I've heard it from many, many people, sure. right? But the issue is markets are going down for that reason in the first place, is that people are saying, I'm just going to get out, I'm just going to pause for a little bit and then wait until I can kind of see that it's going to turn back up. So that's what's happening with the entire market, kind of build up of all these people making these decisions. But instead, what we recommend is to learn from what happened, work with your trusted advisor and understand your true risk tolerance. Uh, that's great advice in any market and certainly now more than ever. We're talking with Benjamin Bailey today. He's vice president of investments and senior fixed income manager at Praxis Mutual Funds. When we come back, what are impact bonds and how are they making a difference in people's lives and for investors that just around the corner? Stay with us. We'll be right back. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. As a faithful listener of this program, you know that there's life-changing financial wisdom in God's Word. And FaithFi is here to help you and millions of others learn to be good and faithful stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from monthly FaithFi patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron. Visit FaithFi.com and click Give. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. With me today, Benjamin Bailey. He's Vice President of Investments and Senior Fixed Income Manager at Praxis Mutual Funds, an underwriter of this program. And we're talking today about a particular investment you may not be familiar with. It's compelling, and it's also making a real difference in people's lives all over the globe. I'm talking about impact bonds, and that's where I want to go next, Benji. Let's transition to this idea of impact bonds. Praxis, of course, has been a leader in investing in positive impact bonds for over a decade. So would you perhaps start by reminding us what are positive impact bonds? 
Sure. So in general, when a new issue comes to the debt market, they're just going to tell you a corporation or something is just going to tell you this goes for general corporate purposes or maybe ma recently maturing debt, so to pay off something. But over the past decade, this market for positive impact bonds has really taken off. So in these cases, the issuer is actually going to tell you what areas the money will be going into mm -hmm. and that it's going to be used for a positive benefit to creation or communities. And so that's what we call a positive impact bond. Again, something that has that positive specific benefit to creation or to communities. And, and most of the time, we really even know which specific projects that money is going to be used for or has been used for. Yeah, it's really exciting. So what types of impact bonds are out there? Okay, so there's a couple different kind of major categories in that. And again, we would talk about this as kind of having an impact on creation or on the environment or on community. So there's hmm. green bonds, there's social bonds, and there's sustainability bonds. And that sustainability bond means that it has a mix of some of those green and the social aspects. But so there's impacts also on the domestic side in the United States or on the international side. So, and there's needs in all places, right? There's needs in Africa and South East Asia or in the United States. And really from a portfolio management perspective, we want to think about diversification, not just from an impact perspective, but also from a risk and kind of that risk reward that you'd expect on the return side. And we know that some people don't necessarily resonate with environmental investing, but, but we really think it's important to, to think about this as creation care. And it's a part of following Christ, we believe. And I really appreciate what the National Association of Evangelicals says on their website about creation care. And I quote, as followers of Jesus, we embrace and act responsibly to care for God's earth while we reaffirm the important truth that we worship only the creator and not the creation. So Christians acknowledge creation care as an act of discipleship. We are stewards of the earth, summoned by God to work it and take care of it. And our mm. uses of the earth must be designed to conserve and renew it rather than to deplete or destroy it. And we pay special attention, and I, I really think this is so important here, to protecting human health and protecting the most vulnerable. And really this understanding, so that's the end quote there. So in this understanding of this with the National Association of Evangelicals, it really just matches up perfectly with what we call our stewardship investing core values. Yeah, that's really helpful. And of course, you mentioned protecting the most vulnerable, and that's certainly what Christ has called us to do, right? Uh, most definitely. And it really, from our perspective, it compels us to make sure that we're taking care of people in, in multiple different areas. And, and one of that is in the environmental side. And this changing climate, no matter what your view on that is, if it's going to have this change, then it's going to be hurting um, the vulnerable and the poor much more because they're not going to be able to adapt as well. And so that's one reason why we want to support affordable housing projects, because offering shelter and people is really this basic need that they have. And if you look back in Matthew and you look at that story of the sheep and the goats, and the king says, I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. And the righteous ones answered, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. So our view based upon that, helping the poor with affordable shelter is really specifically answering Christ's call. Yeah, I love that. Uh, what other examples, Benji, do you have of specific projects where you've purchased impact bonds? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Freddie Mac, which uh, you know many of your listeners would know kind of alongside of Fannie Mae, helped support home ownership all across the United States. And they issued a social bond. So again, that's kind of an impact on communities. And, and it was in the United States. And this was to, for rental homes across 38 different states for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So there's a significant shortage of community-based homes critical to the deinstitutionalization of care for individuals with disabilities. And this bond itself was bringing, providing 4,462 beds for people, and, and about 90% of that was being affordable for people with very low income. So that would be mm. people making 50% or less of the median income. And it allows individuals with disabilities to live and work in their communities. So that's one example. Another recent purchase that we made was for the De U.S. Development Finance Corp. So the DFC, it's an agency of the U.S. federal government, and this specific bond was a loan to Water Equities Global Access Fund. So this entire deal, there were four different bonds that were put together, and it raised over $100 million. And that money was used for clean water and water sanitation microloans in emerging countries across Africa and Southeast Asia. So it's going to affect 5 million people and give them access to clean water and better sanitation. Wow. So talk about kingdom impact and yeah. really bringing water to those who are thirsty. It just clearly relates to Christ's call. Absolutely. So I think the exciting part of this, though, is that you know through some of these carefully chosen impact bonds, people can invest in these projects with the money they are already safely investing in their fixed income portfolio, right? This doesn't have to be just part of some small charity portfolio off to the side. And certainly, no doubt, I encourage that too, right? But investing for kingdom values through impact bonds can just be a part of your core retirement and investments. So that's why we think it's just so exciting. Uh, it really is, Benji, because as you said, you know, so often we think about making a difference in the name of Jesus in people's lives as being reserved for our giving dollars. And yet through the deployment of capital, we can have an equally as compelling an impact in people's lives, right? Yeah, no, you definitely can. And that's why we think it's just so exciting to be able to do both yeah. of these things at once. Yeah. Now, clearly these are bonds. So in our remaining moments, perhaps you can share how should folks think about impact bonds in terms of the risk level that they're assuming vis-a-vis uh, -vis other bonds that they might consider and the returns that might be associated with these bonds? Certainly. So these impact bonds at this point are 37% are of the mutual fund that we're managing. So we think that it's, it's a very, we know that it's a very important part of what we're doing, but we also think that you need to have balance in each of these things. So many of these impact bonds have a certain level of risk, right? They might be relatively risky, but then you're probably going to be getting a higher return. Some of them might be relatively safe, so maybe your return won't be quite as high. So at this point, having a little over a third of the portfolio, we think adds a good balance to the overall fund so that we can do things that are going to help people to retire, you know, get the returns that they desire, but with a large portion of the portfolio also make these deep impacts. Mm. And that's why you have active management of this portfolio. So you can really manage the risk across the entire portfolio. Is that right? Yes, most definitely. Awesome. Well, Benji, you've given us a whole new look at bond investing today. And uh, what an exciting part of our investment portfolios as we think about the possibility of impact bonds. Thanks for being with us, my friend. Yeah, it was great to be with you. That's Benjamin Bailey of Praxis Mutual Funds. You can learn more at PraxisMutualFunds.com. That's PraxisMutualFunds.com. 
I'm Rob West, and your calls are next. The number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. By the way, you can call that number 24-7. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Back with much more just around the corner. Stick around. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, we're taking your calls and questions now on anything financial. The number to call is 800-525-7000. We've already got some great questions lined up, but room for a few more or a testimony if you'd like to share something with us today about God's faithfulness in your financial life. 800-525-7000. Let's head to Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Shay. Thanks for being on the program today. Go ahead. Good afternoon. I am reaching out to find out I have a newborn. Well, he's eight months old. And I was trying to figure out what is the best way to start in, like a bank account, a savings for him, as well as I'm paying a mortgage on my condo. And I want to know what is the best way to leave that uh, property to him in the event of my passing. In case I pass and he's a minor, how does that work? Um, yes. Yeah. Very good. So a couple of great questions. I love that you're planning in advance. And by the way, congratulations on that new one-month-old. What a blessing uh, from the Lord. Uh, A couple of things. First, related to that savings account, I think the first question you have to decide is control. Do you want to save in an account that you would have control over when it becomes his asset? Uh, In a custodial account, it becomes his asset at the age of majority, regardless of his spiritual and financial maturity and ability to handle these funds uh, in an account you control, you would decide when that becomes his asset. And then secondly, I would ask whether you want to earmark this specifically for retirement, uh, excuse me, college, not retirement, uh, college, or if you want it more widely available. So give me your thoughts on those two. I definitely want to be in control of it because I know typically children are not ready at 18. Yes, <laughs> so I agree. I definitely want to make sure that... I want to make sure that he is ready spiritually and more mature um, in order to take that over, as well as um, it, I want it to be widely available. So if he wants to utilize it for college or if he's, you know, at 25 and he wants to purchase a home or whatever the case may be. 
Yeah, very good. Okay, so in that case, then I would open an account in your name uh, or in the name of you and your husband, so you would control that, and you could decide to gift it to him at any point down the road, whether he's still a minor or beyond uh, age 18, and I would do it in just a, a really a brokerage account, probably at Fidelity or Charles Schwab. So what I would do is probably look at uh, one of two options. You could head to soundmindinvesting.org, and our friend friends at SMI could help you with some mutual fund suggestions. You would be able to open the account again in your name or jointly held with any of the major brokerages firms like Fidelity or Schwab. And then they would give you mutual fund recommendations that are high quality that could just uh, grow over a long period of time. And you could set up an automatic uh, transfer of whatever amount into that account every month. So you could build it over time systematically. The other approach is what's called a robo-advisor. This is just more of an automated approach to investing that uses an algorithm uh, and it's very low cost. And every time you make a deposit, it reinvests the amount you're depositing into some broad market, what are called indexes. And over time, it's a great way to build wealth or to grow a portfolio for a specific purpose like saving for a child. So a good example of that would be what's called the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios. You would answer a series of questions. uh, They would build a portfolio that's very low cost and then uh, you would automatically reinvest it every time you made a deposit. Another more kind of modern approach to that is is something in what's called the fintech space, and it'd be a, a smartphone application that you'd find in your app store called Betterment. So whether it's Betterment or the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, I think that would do what you're looking for. And based on the way that you answer the questions about your risk tolerance, your time horizon, your goals and objectives, you could dial that portfolio down to be as conservative as you want it to be. But the good news is it's not sitting there in savings where even though it might get a little bit of interest, you're barely, if if at all, going to outpace inflation, and therefore you're really not growing it. Whereas if you invest it, you at least have the potential over a long time horizon to see this money grow in addition to the contributions that you make. Uh, with regard to your house, the best way to handle that is through uh, just a, a basic will. And the benefit is there's what's called a step up in basis, which just means when the inheritance is received, the new cost basis for the home is not what you paid for it, but it's the new higher value as of the date of death. And the benefit there is that if it's sold, then there's no capital gains tax essentially on that inheritance because they're selling it for the same thing uh, the cost basis is because that was stepped up. Now, you mentioned the ability to pass that to him even if he's still a minor and something were to happen to you. And you'd probably want to talk to an estate planning attorney about a trust. What would happen is you'd create a trust, a living trust, it'd probably be somewhere around $1,500 to $2,000, and then you'd retitle the house in the name of the trust. The benefit of that is uh, you would have the ability, even if you uh, passed away prior to your son reaching adulthood, uh, or if you were incapacitated, you would have a trustee named that would handle the distribution of your estate and this home. and it would happen according to your wishes. So you could put certain provisions in the trust documents that say, for instance, 
you know, he's not to receive it until a certain age, or he's to receive it over time, you know, throughout his life or something like that to make sure that he's provided for beyond your life. Um, so I would say the next steps for you are to determine how much you want to put away in this account for him, set up an account, uh, Charles Schwab or Fidelity, and use either Betterment or the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios or soundmindinvesting.org, and then make an appointment with an estate attorney to make sure you update your will, which you want to do anytime uh, you have uh, a major life event change, like having a child, and then ask about a living trust specifically your, for your house and other assets. Does that make sense? That is wonderful information. Thank you so much. Okay, very good. Well, listen, congrats again, Shay, on this uh, new little one in your home. I know that's, uh, it's an exciting time there. We appreciate your call today very much. Uh, let's take a quick email today. This one comes into us at askrob at faithfi.com. And um, we hear from, let's see, Wanda. She writes, I, when I give to some ministries, I've received free gifts in the past. Uh, the retail price of those gifts is taken out of my donation. Well, I don't need the gifts and don't want that money deducted from my donation. What do I do? And what I would say, Wanda, is that it's wonderful that you uh, don't necessarily want to be compensated in any way, including uh, with a gift for your giving. So uh, first thing I would do is ask the ministry not to send you the gift. Oftentimes when you make a gift, they will have right there, for instance, if it's an online form where you check a box that you either want it or you don't want it, I would obviously indicate you don't want it, and then you'll get the full amount of the deduction. Or you could call the ministry and say, listen, I want to go ahead and give this gift, but I'd like for you not to send uh, the, the gift back in exchange, and they should be able to honor that. So I would just communicate with the ministry and make sure uh, that they honor those wishes. Thanks for writing to us. Well, we're almost out of time. If you like today's program, why not share it with a friend? And while you're at it, share the FaithFi app with them as well. Help us get the word out. Thanks for listening and sharing, and I hope you'll come back and join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.